you've heard it said, it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. With that in mind, join us for an insider's glimpse into all things trekking, safaris, and world adventure. From packing for your Everest base camp trek, to what it felt like for a cancer patient to attempt to summit Kilimanjaro, or visiting a village in the sacred valley of Peru, you will be inspired, informed, and ignited to get out there and start adventuring. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Type 2 Fun Podcast. My name is Mariah, and I will be your host always, again and again and again. Uh, This episode, we are going to be talking about slow hiking, what that means, what you can experience, why it's awesome, and some really awesome, cool um, stories from the trail. And I have Carrie and Sai here. Ladies, say hello. Hello, this is Sai. Awesome. Okay, Sai. So, I mean, I talk to Carrie all the time. She's been on the podcast 900 times. So I'm really excited to get to know you and for um, the listeners to get to know you too, especially because you're going to be talking about slow hiking. I'm assuming that means hiking slow. Yes. You are so perceptive. It is exactly hiking slow or actually being allowed to hike at your pace on that day in that stretch of the trail. It's more about embracing whatever pace you're going rather than this this burden of hurry up, catch up, we're ready to go, we won't be home in time for dinner. Um, you know, should we send her back? Is she going to make it? Do you need any help? Should I carry your pack? Like as a slow hiker or someone who hikes slowly, I'm someone very capable of hiking really big mountains and doing it graciously and gracefully, but it does take some time to get people kind of off your back and out of your business and just allowing you to do what you're going to do. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, the hikers that as we've already had lunch and we're ready to go again, they're just arriving or exactly. Yeah. So you know, you're a slow hiker. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, so to paint a picture for everybody, if all of a sudden you're like, aha, that's me, then you know that there probably comes a burden of that. Even though you're having the time of your life. And there's also etiquette for fast hikers to be nicer to slow hikers. So I hope we talk about that too. But if you're in the back of the pack, we laugh about the following things. This just happened to me. I was out hiking a beautiful waterfall hike here in Mexico. You know you're a slow hiker if the minute you catch up to the group for a break, they take off. So over time, they get 10 breaks, you get zero breaks, and you just get more and more tired. And you know you're a slow hiker if you put off going to the bathroom because you've already slowed the group down, or you don't um, stop and drink your water because everybody's way ahead of you. Or another way to know if you're a slow hiker is to just look at the times instead of just enjoying everything around you and being lost in it, you are moving aside so people can pass you and then they stop and take a picture and then they say, no, please, you go ahead. And then they let you ahead and then they pass you 
again, and there's a constant stress of people behind you and passing you. And I say this because as you get to know me, I'm not an irritable person. I am the happiest, zen, easygoing, loving person. And I have found myself on a beautiful hike um, being really irritable about um, just the lack of accommodation or embracing of slow hiking. And, um, and, and I have learned, and I can tell you plenty of great stories about that, but I have learned the biggest epiphany to me is I can go anywhere in the world. I can go up any mountain. I can go into any climate. If I take it at my pace, I can do any mountain. If I go slow enough, I can do it any temperature. If I have the right gear, I literally can go any place in the world. It's total freedom. Once I learned that it's not a sin to go slow and that slow hiking is a thing. There's lots of people out there who just enjoy and embrace um, hiking slow. Even fast hikers, once they hike with me, they're like, that was awesome because it's all about slow hiking. Sorry to interrupt. Isn't that the, the whole thing though too, right? Is that those feelings that you're describing, feeling bad, feeling embarrassed, feeling ashamed, feeling frustrated, or even angry, that's actually the exact opposite reason why you set out to go on that hike in the first place. That's not... Bingo, Carrie. Such a good pullout. You go out to like be in yourself and not worry about others, not take care of others, not worry about the expectations of others, especially I'm the mom of four boys. And you find yourself accommodating lots of other people. So you have to be externally focused to, rather than listening to nature, to keep an eye out or an ear out for people coming behind you. And, um, and it's not one of these things where I want to say, you know, slow hikers have rights too. I'm not here to, you know, start that type of revolution, but I do think a great thing that can happen in the hiking um, industry is that the best guides, which Embark has so many of the best guides, customize trips, not to where you want to go, but also how you want to do it. And that's what sold me on Embark from my first summit of Kilimanjaro, my first time with Embark. Like it was the end of the hike and I'm walking down to this beautiful rainforest and there is a guide beside me and it actually changed and probably helped me make a decision to leave my marriage. My husband was a fast hiker, was racing ahead to get, you know, down from Kilimanjaro like first and I just wanted to get down from Kilimanjaro like the moment together. And it just illustrated to me that um, I was way behind. But as everybody fell so far out of sight and I was so far behind, I had this epiphany. I was coming down Kilimanjaro and um, Winfred, my guide, was right beside me. And he only interfered really if I asked him to. My kids would drop back every once in a while to check in on me. And... It was me fully supported with no one to compete with, no pressure. And I was just lost in this rainforest where all the sunlight was like hitting the path. And it was like a spiritual awakening because I think it was one of the first times I've ever been able to hike supported, but at my own pace with no concern for others. And it became kind of metaphor for life. I was just like, it really hit me. I'm like, why do I have my life designed around making sure everybody else is okay. Why don't I design my life around getting good support, taking it at my pace and doing things as I want to do. And it became kind of a liberation. And we had summited Kilimanjaro on July 4th and it's independent um, summit. You know, the summit Uhuru means independence. 
And so it was just such a big moment with Embark and me and slow hiking. But on Kilimanjaro, I learned that Poli Poli, you can hike anywhere if you go slow enough. Well, and that's the thing too, is that um, I find when I slow down, my goal for the day changes. You're talking about um, how you had that epiphany and that revelation, which turned out to be kind of more of a life goal. But even within any given day, your your goal can totally be reset if you take it slower. And there's something, there's a beauty in that too. It doesn't become maybe the the end part of your of your journey that's your destination. It's more, you know, it's the classic thing that they all say. Um, it's but so true though. It's mindfulness. Oh, like my help- first, yeah, my first hike I ever went on was at Rancho La Puerta in Takate. And I had just delivered my second child and I just didn't see myself as I used to be an athlete, but as a hiker, it was totally out of my element. I get out of breath, like in the first five steps. I mean, I, after that pregnancy weighed like 250 pounds and my friend took me to this spa basically just to have a a week of eating healthy. She had no agenda for me, just that I was a tired mom. And Barbara was her name. She's one of the guides. And she said, you're going on one of our beautiful hikes. And I said, no, there's all these tiny, small little people like running up the mountain. I said, that looks miserable. And she said, have you ever been on a hike on a mountain? And I said, I hadn't. And she goes, you and me tomorrow, I'll meet you. And she took me on a personal hike and we were hiking very slow. And I went clear up to the top. I did like five miles because I'm very strong. I just didn't know how to hike slow. And she taught me some things about keeping my chest up and, you know, smaller steps. And we did that then every day. I just got hooked the first time I hiked. And people started to join us. They go, no, we want to be part of the intentional hike. They thought we were doing like a spiritual hike because we were slow. We didn't talk much. And all of a sudden, within one week, we went from me being like with the shepherd everywhere we went to... Um, everyone wanting to slow down and join us, not because one's better than the other, but it certainly is a way to um, refresh your hiking if you're a fast hiker. So you're talking a lot about like, I see you teeter-tottering between etiquette for fast hikers, but then also like what, what fast hikers can learn from taking it slow. And I think what's important overarching and all of it is that everyone can have the experience and the day that they want, but then also you can be taken outside of your comfort zone in more than one way. I love that. In fact, it would almost, if we're hiking as a mixed group, one of the etiquette things I've thought about is can we agree on, um, a pace for the day. And if you're a super fast hiker, if you want to work out and you want a fast pace, then let's split groups. Like, can we, instead of leaving it ambiguous, can we just agree on kind of, um, you know, a pace for the day, or can we accept the invitation to hike slower? And there are times I accept the invitation to hike faster so that I can build up my stamina, my endurance, and I can count on myself if I get in an emergency and need to get down quickly or if weather changes. So I definitely think there's something for fast hikers to learn. There's also some etiquette. When you stop to take a break, notice on your watch while you're checking how many steps you have and all the miles and notice on your watch how long you were at that break. And when somebody comes up, give them that same amount of time 
or when you take off again, notice the natural pace of the group and not do the, oh, you can go first now just so it's like fair or something. If the group has fallen into a natural pace, there's nothing wrong with being part of that natural pace, but good etiquette, like fall behind a little bit and talk to some of the people at the end of the line and then, you know, take your place back in, in the front of the line. I, I think that's one thing. I also think for slow hikers, what I want to do and what Carrie has been so good to me about, and I know that's why we're on here together, is start a shame-free, um, safe place where there actually are hikes planned for slower paces so that we're not just accommodating it, we're like embracing it, that... Um, your meals are planned differently. So it's not like if we don't meet at the pass at noon, we don't eat. It's not, the pressure's taken off. It's like, let's carry our own meal. Or some of us, let's take a horse with us to help if somebody wants a break. Or, And this isn't just being heavy or um, out of shape because that's also not embraced. It was just the last two years I could buy hiking clothes that weren't men's that fit me. Um, but I also have run marathons. So I'm not out of shape. Like I can go 26 miles. I just go very slow. And so it, it's like embracing that for um, people that have different goals for their hiking. Well, I've also been, uh, I'll call a medium hikers. So let's talk about the middle portion. Where there you go. We're leaving them out. Speedy Gonzalez, you know, ahead. And I'm like, I'm booking it with the rest of the group. And then there was, you know, one or two uh, slow hikers. And I was just like, we're not even, ex- I'm not even experiencing the day with everybody. And then I did the hike I did with Carrie in Peru, I got injured. So I ended up with our slow hiker. I had the best freaking day. I remember I laughed so hard. It's so fun. Oh, it was the best day. Uh, well, I, I was on a hike where, um, one of our lead guides, So two things about one of our lead guides, Um, Jim Ronning has a great statement to the faster people in the group where he'll um, meet everybody at a rest stop and he'll remind them about how long the faster people have been there. And he'll also remind them, you have the physical capability of slowing down. The slowest hiker is going as fast as they can. They do not have the capacity to speed up. And I love that when Jim says that. The other thing I remember about him was that Um, there was this time where he and I were together, um, doing a trek to Everest base camp. And there was one woman who was markedly slower than the rest of the group. And so he and I spent a lot of time, a couple days kind of weighing things and trying to understand like where to go. Is it safe for her to continue because she's so much behind the group. And ultimately Jim had this epiphany where he said, who are we to deny her, to tell her, to deny her that experience that we're all going to get because we're hiking at a certain pace that's different than hers. And so we said, yeah, let's, you know, have her continue on and we'll put her in the, in the back with Jim and she can hike and catch up with us at the end of the day. And actually it's not like she came in, you know, at midnight every day or anything. She was maybe an hour, hour and a half behind the group but not an unsafe pace in any way, shape, or form. And Jim, to this day, he, I think, has been to Everest Base Camp um, 12 or 15 times or something. That was his most 
favorite hike of the Kumbu Valley because he could just while away the time, get in his own head, zone out, and just enjoy the scenery. And that like really left a mark on me. Love that. That's such a great story. Yeah, I think it definitely is. I love what you said, Sai, about this unspoken, like, you know, experience. Because I don't think I've ever had a conversation in all of the major treks or hikes that I've done where we've had a conversation about the pace. It's just Mm -hmm. go and see where it separates and the guides figure it out as you go, you know, or by day two, they know they're like, Oh, so-and-so is going to be this. We have this pack now. And then they like figure it out, you know, by, by day one or day two. Cause even with what you put on, like I run races too. And I'll, I'll say, Oh yeah, I'm going to run an eight minute pace. And then I show up, you know, when I, you know, I show up for the race and I'm like, Oh, it's actually 10 minute pace, you know, Mm -hmm. but figure it out throughout the day. It feels like, you know, it's sometimes that way too. Um, where, we could open up the conversation to have more like, okay, we had a, re- everyone had a hard day yesterday. Let's all stay together as a pack today. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we'll go, we'll split up and we'll go, you know, we'll go, one group can go ham and the other group can. Yeah. And check in with people about injuries because the pace of your hiking will change over your lifetime. And what I worry about, I'm 56. What I worry about is people dropping out of hiking and people not getting into hiking because maybe they have an injury and there's not, they can't hike with the groups they used to hike with, or even at the beginning of a hike, it could be a really, you know, typically speedy hiker who is, you know, should stay off their knee and will be tempted not to. But at the beginning of a hike, if we can say, let's talk about our pace and who's got some injuries they're working with and, you know, who's got, um, you know, potentially stuff going on because I know for me, I would not have gotten into running or hiking unless people reached out their hand to me and said, I know a way how you can do it. My first marathon, somebody asked me how I wanted to run a marathon. I'm like, sure. And I asked her the next day how many miles that was. And she goes, 26 points. <laughs> I felt fell over. And I, so I, she's like, we're going to start with a junk run. We're just going to start with three. I'd never run before. And I'm like, I can't do three miles. And she's like, well, when's the last time you tried? How good's your data? I'm like, well, since college. And I go, I can't run it fast. She goes, why do you think I'm going to ask you to run it fast? And I said, I can't do three miles. She goes, can you do one mile? I go, yeah. She goes, we're going to do it three times. Like, let's go. Like, she wasn't mean, but she broke it down. And I also think that there's a lot of people who think that's what they did during their health and fitness trek in their 40s. And I think as we age, we have to adjust our hiking speed. And there needs to be places for us to, to do that. And the key is people being willing to slow down so hikers don't have a faster option. We don't want to be a burden. But I tell you what, I've missed so many. Hey, the rest of you, why don't you go up and do that quick loop and see the actual view and all the slow hikers will wait for you here. If, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like if we could have hikes that were just planned, not every hike, fast hikers, but just some hikes where the goal of that hike was slow hiking, the itinerary of that hike was longer days with more breaks and um, nutrition handled a bit differently. Um, If we could have some places for folks like that to go, it could be a place they come in to rehab. It could be a place they come if they're a new hiker or if their health conditions change or if they've always been a slow hiker, which I've always been a slow hiker. 
I think it would be cool. And, and that's what got Carrie and I talking. I was a back of the pack. We were having a blast getting in trouble in Oaxaca, Mexico, because we had gathered enough slow hikers to have a ton of fun in the back of the pack. Unintentionally, that almost became a slow hike. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, and that's what I think is intriguing and exciting about the whole slow hiker kind of club idea that Embark is going to try and roll out here in the next year. We're going to host three to five um, hikes specifically designed for the slow hiker community. Um, they're going to be both domestic and international. And um, the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, Sai, the idea is to have it culminate with a 2024 Everest Base Camp Trek. Yes, sister, that's correct. And it's the, the hikes will be curated, be specifically designed um, with the slow hiker mentality in mind. And so either the mileage per day will be less um, or we'll be adding extra days into the itinerary so that we have time to get in everything that we want to get in, all the mileage we want to get in. And then like you were saying, kind of trying to think about our eating scenario a little bit more dialed in and as well as like our baggage and how people are packing and is there an opportunity to, like you said, have that horse along to carry packs, um, just trying to make it more, you know, enjoyable for the average kind of slower hiker. And there will be kazoos and airplane bottles of <laughs> alcohol as well. I think I read that somewhere. Might have oh. been time print. <laughs> Slow hikers do have more fun. We have proven that. No. Um, I love it. So we were in Oaxaca, Carrie and I. I was just on a, I discovered Embark for Kilimanjaro. Um, my kids and I, um, my boys. So what I started doing to get a slow hiking group is I just started traveling in private hikes with Embark with my four sons and their partners. And that was my own way of, because, you know, my kids, they can go ahead, but they always got to come back for their mama. And, you know, so like I had just this whole group I had control of and it was fine to be the old woman in the back for all these young strapping boys. Um, but my third hike with Embark, we went to Oaxaca and we had a ton of fun and we just started talking about what if, and I really want to go to Everest base camp personally, but it's another one of those scenarios that it's like, could I even make it? And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I did the Salkante Pass in Peru. I did Kilimanjaro. The common denominator wasn't that it wasn't a hard, um, you know, a challenge. It was that I had the proper support and guidance. And so that's what I'm excited about is to get together, slow hikers, hike these uh, curated hikes that Embark is planning. You get a chance to do three, four, five of them. And then ultimately, that's part of the training to take the Slow Hikers Club to Mount Everest 2024. The base camp. Base camp. Thank you. I know hikers, slow hikers, we don't even care. If you told us it was that we just summoned Everest. No, I'm kidding. So what I love Everest about base Embark, camp. What I love about Embark is a lot of people's first big trek with Embark is Kilimanjaro. And then they tend to go into EBC. I'm here to tell you, if you crushed Kilimanjaro, EBC is a walk in the park. Literally. Oh, wow. A walk in the park. Because I did that same thing. And I was like, 
I actually kind of like it could go one of two ways. I think with someone's personality, I think if they did Killy first and you know, they were defeated, they'd be like, Oh, I'm never going to hike ever again. But if you were like, Oh, that was awesome. I could totally do it again. And then you're like, Oh, I need, I could take on Everest. And then it's this big confidence booster. Cause you do it and you're like, crap, that was easy. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. You know what I mean? It's it's still hard. It's still obviously hard, but um, no, it was uh it was definitely, definitely easy. So you're you're in for the time of your life. Well I can't um, wait. I I think the guy who used to own Patagonia no longer owns it because he's an amazing human being. I think he has some sort of quote about um hiking to Everest Base Camp slowly. And I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it goes something like you that hike is meant to be hiked slowly and for you to take in every single day and every experience as it comes and if you don't hike it slow you were a jerk before you started and you're a jerk when you got back (laughs) you know i love that so much because so many times we go out to conquer the trail we go out in the world to have impact and we miss the part where the world impacts us and, you know, one of, I, I'm a writer for a living. And one of the chapters in the book I wrote was all about like, allow yourself to be evolved by the experience as much as you're hoping to impact the experience. And, and I think that's a cool way to position slow hiking because slow hiking isn't just for, you know, people that got older or are fatter or are, you know, like, just like not athletic. Slow hiking is, is can be more than that if you're really allowed to get into the Zen and the mindfulness, just like Jim was talking about and, and, and others. And, and I think that can then lead to some cooler conversations and more bonding within the hiking group. Um, because it's one thing to have conquered something, you know, together, but if we didn't talk about it or share our life stories together or walked in silence for quite a while, um, you know, it's a different type of bonding too with the people that you're there with. It's a different type of experience altogether. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said about the 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 world impacting you in this. What I'm about to say has nothing to do with slow hiking, but uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I always feel like I have something to learn in every big trek that I do. I'm like so much so that I take it to that very next level, and I'm like, okay. What, what is this land trying to teach me? What am I going to come out? What am I going to be a better person? Cut to, I did a trek with Embark and somebody kept talking nonstop. And I was going through a really bad time in my life. And I snapped at that person. I was like, I'm trying to become a better person. Could you just be quiet? I'm trying to let Africa speak to me, damn it. <laughs> Everyone is our teacher, right? And that's why I don't want to come out anti like fast hikers because I've learned so much from all my experiences. But you know, there I would I'm so excited with ideas for this group and that um but Barbara Abraham, who took me on my very first hike in my life, well, that's not true. My dad would take us on these things called hikes. I think that's why I love hikes so much. He would take us out like two blocks out of town to this forest, this clump of trees. We'd hike in circles for like an hour and we would think we'd really been someplace. I remember the disappointment when I grew up and realized that was just a block away from our house. But um, it's what she taught me is use hiking as a metaphor. And so one of the things she will have you do is ask you, what is a question having on your heart? And then um, 
get that question finite. And as you hike, take something that catches your eye, like a flower or you know something specific and sit just a moment and ask that part of nature or that view your question. And um, Carrie knows my son, um, Henry. Henry and I were having some rough times when he was a teenager. And I did that. I asked and I went out hiking and I saw everyone was telling me to be really hard and tough on him. He's such a soft-hearted kid, but they're all saying, you know, throw the book at him. And I sat down for a break and I asked my question. I saw this columbine flower and I asked my question to the flower. I said, what do I need to know about this? And I watched how the stem was really strong and witty and sturdy and square. And the flower was really delicate and beautiful and it just bent with the wind. And it was like, the answer was you can be both of those things. You can set boundaries and be completely loving and be flexible with it. And that sounds so corny, but the magic in hiking is easier to find when you're going slower, when you're not worried about your footing on the next rock, but you're just allowing the movement and the sound of the movement um, to take you there. So I think a lot of magic is to be found in slow hiking, and I'm so looking forward to a couple of years of it. Yeah, I ran into somebody once who um, wanted to do a big trek, and they were like, who, you know, where should I go and everything? And they were like, I just want, I want to like, I want to see how fast I can do Kilimanjaro. And I was like, cool, well, you're not going to do it with me. Like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds exhausting. Okay. Cause I'm there to learn about the culture and I'm there to laugh and I'm there to sing and dance and, you know, in our pajamas at camp. And you know, it sounds like you just, you know, you're there to break a Guinness world record. And all I want to do is which is cool. It's just having the the peacefulness of a common goal on a hike. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to is the peacefulness of knowing them, not chronically disappointing somebody who wants to get back to camp for lunch, like the peacefulness. And I think that's it. it. It's, it's not saying one's better than the other. It's saying join us, but here's the agreed upon goal for this particular hike. Um, and I think a lot of people will feel like it's an entry back into um, hiking that doesn't feel, you know, like it has a lot of burden. So I love that. And like you said, it's good for people with injuries or getting back into it or just want to embrace the slow for a while and yeah. smell all of the roses or people who don't think they're hikers. I cannot tell you enough what an epiphany it was for me that you can hike anything. If you go slow, like no one had ever taught me about breathing and bicycling your feet. Like there are techniques that we also don't talk about at break, the fast hikers don't share their techniques because they leave them in it. But what if we sat around and we said, what if there's a, not sat around, hikers are scared of that, but like there's a limiting belief that I have tomorrow we're going 10 miles and my mind is doing tricks on me. Like I can't do that. What's everybody's best tip when they are scared of a long hike? Cause we've all done it. We've all gotten up and gone. I don't think I can do today. And then we do. So I just think there's more sharing and processing that can happen. That's because well. they only tell you you have 30 minutes left every time you ask. That's <laughs> only because they tell you you have 30 minutes left every time you ask. I got how much longer? 30 minutes. You, you, know you're a, you know you're a slow hiker if you never believe the statistics given to you by a guide. <laughs> I have definitely yelled at an Embark guide with all the love in my heart going, just tell me. Yeah, they're like, we're going to be home by five. And I'm like, well, I've calculated our mileage and our time. And so far it's midnight. Like, we're not going to be home by five. 
I love it. Okay, so um, I could sit and talk to you ladies for hours, but let's wrap it up. And is there, I, I love that list that you were saying in the beginning. Like, it, it's like, if you are a, then you want to join in on the Slow Hikers community that Embark is going to be uh, launching. So let's go over those again as we, as we. Sure. Sure. Carrie, did you have something you wanted to add quick? Oh, um, just really quick. The, I wanted to just kind of tack onto the end of what Sai was saying about that. There's also that possibility that once you join this particular kind of a group, the opportunity for that camaraderie, that, that feeling of safety, um, that it will open people up more. People will feel um, just, if they're joining a group where they know everybody's kind of like-minded, then I feel like the opportunity is will present itself more easily and um, more often for those bonding moments and those moments where people can be vulnerable in a way that they might not feel like they can be in, a, in another setting. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So here's, you know, the list. And and I don't want people to think that slow hiking, you, you don't have to have some sort of physicality because it is still physical. Um, it's just a slower pace. Um, but you know, you're a slow hiker if you feel guilty to stop to go to the bathroom because you're already so far behind, or, you know, you're a slow hiker. If the minute you get up to the group to take your break, they take off or, uh, you know, you're a slow hiker if you, um, you know, halfway through the hike are worried if you're going to make it and actually be able to keep up. You know, you're a slow hiker if you've missed the um, big view on some hikes because people go on ahead and circle back and you have to turn around prematurely. Like there's just, um, if if hiking has not felt fully supportive for you, I really hope you come join us. I'm going to be on every one of these hikes because I'm so excited to have this forum and this venue and um, to really just give another path for hikers to do amazing hikes and go to amazing places. And I'm going to be on all of them because uh, I, I got to get my side time. I love that. It's, back of the line is where all the fun is. So we're bringing the fun to the front of the line. Listen, anybody a whole hike of back of the pack. Tequila, yeah. Nescal is a pretty great person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And slow hikers have more fun. Yeah. So we're, everybody's going to be, we're going to fight over the back of the pack if we're all um, in one line, but I think it's going to be really great. And if this isn't for you, um, pass it on to some people that you know about. We really want to get this community started and ramped up and, and ready to go. And don't be scared to join us slow hikers. Just know the goal is slow and intentional. Yep. And like Carrie said, you should join if you're ready to be intentional and vulnerable and um, have your kazoo and your airplane bottles. <laughs> I swear I read that somewhere. So <laughs> read the fine print, you guys, when you're signing up for these hikes, because there's some hidden gems in there. There's going to be some secrets in there. <laughs> All right. Ladies, it was lovely oh. talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to... Uh, See you again, Carrie, and great to meet you, Mariah. So let's go. Remember, it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. Thank you again for joining us on the Type 2 Fun podcast. We will see you again on the next adventure. But in the meantime, check us out at www.embarkexplorationco.com.
www.thepowerofpositivity.com.